At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. I'm your co-host, Joel Alconnen, along with Dennis Dick. Mitch Hoach sitting in for Mr. Vacationing Spencer Israel. We got a lot to cover on today's show. We have earnings from Lululemon and Work Slack. Uh, AstraZeneca pauses a drug trial. Uh, fading vaccine news. That's something that just happened before the show started. We'll discuss that. And then the $64,000 question, is this correction over? We will try and make heads or tails out of that today. S&P's nice old range. We slipped into that 3300 overnight, 3295.50. By the dippers, took her all the way up to 3070. Huge range here on a rollover day for the futures contracts. Uh, starting tomorrow, uh, the front month will be December, believe it or not. Uh, crude, finally having an update here, up 74 cents after working its way into the 36 handle yesterday, up about 2%. Uh, gold, up day, down day, up day, down day. Today is a down day in gold. Uh, gold is trading lower by 12 bucks here at our 11 bucks at 1932.10. Silver's in the red by 26 cents at 26.37. And Bitcoin is regaining 10,000. The Bitcoin futures right now are up $265 at 10,280. I am gonna bring up my charts here. I'm gonna bring Triple D in. And first wow. questions, first Triple D. Did you get that shovel out? Did you dig out of that hole yesterday? I did. I did. I ended up closing green. So was down significant five digits, brought it back, brought it back, brought it back, and ended up closing in the green. So worked out, worked out well. So I, I had a lot of digging to do. I started, like I said, way in the hole at around 7 a.m., dug myself halfway out of the hole just after the open. And then typically I don't trade middle of the day, come back near the close and obviously trade after hours and yeah, dug myself out of the hole. So I ended up green. All right. So after I, all that complaining and missing yesterday's show, I ended up green anyways. 
Okay. Well, we'll see. Can I end up green today? Is the question. We're, I, we'll I was find buying. I, I was buying the uh, uh, the triple D calls uh, yesterday. I was just buying everywhere, lifting offers, selling puts. I knew I was confident in the comeback here. But well, uh, you know what? And we can get to the news. What saved me? Probably it actually hurt me, and then saved me was the AstraZeneca news. And uh, give us the details here. It broke uh, maybe around five o'clock. Give us the details, Joel, because this is what has moved the market significantly overnight. We're going to throw it to Mitch. Uh, he's going to give us the details. Yeah, give us the details here. Mitch, bring Mitch in. We're breaking him in. You know, we're breaking him in. Break in, Mitch, we'll, here. He's we'll, coming we'll in. We'll have to He'll decide if we'll keep Spencer when he comes back. But let's <laughs> Mitch, what do you got for the news? Oh, Mitch is on mute. Mitch is on mute. That's okay, though. Because everybody does it the first time. They always give themselves on mute. So Mitch will take himself the old off mute, mute trick. The everybody, Joel, Joel did it for five years. So if you, do it for five, if you do it for under five years, you're beating Joel. All Joel, right, Joel actually has been doing pretty that. good on it. It's been a while since Joel's done it. But. And, I, and I don't want to jinx myself, but what an excellent uh, starting of the show today, by the way absolutely no hiccups i'll probably <laughs> I'll, I'll probably have it i'll probably have it down by the time uh by the time spencer gets back joel but, absolutely uh, loves patting himself on the back let's go back to the astrazeneca mitch what is the news so it looks like the vaccine study was put on hold after an adverse reaction to one patient so it looks like you know this this isn't like it was 100 patients. Of course, this is just them kind of being safe um, and putting a hold to it. So we'll see how they react after, you know, they get through this uh, one person. So what's happened, and this is something I've talked about quite a bit here. I trade AstraZeneca all the time. Um, it's a good stock. It's so thick, and sometimes these things overshoot on the headlines. I actually got picked off. And what does that mean? I got picked off on the headline and ended up being long AstraZeneca. And I was like, John, I'm like, oh, they, this is terrible. They've stopped the study. And this is one of the leaders. So I'm like scrambling to get out of it. So I get out of it, take a loss. And then I just start slamming reopening stocks because I'm like AstraZeneca is one of the leaders. They are going to knock Boeing, American Airlines. So I just go and start, pay, start hitting bids on Boeing hitting bids on the airlines, hitting bids on the cruise lines, hitting bids on the casinos, hitting bids on basically everything that I could, even the IWM. So that's where I made my money back last night, was hitting all the bids from people who were sleeping What'd at the wheel. What'd you get picked off on? Uh, on AstraZeneca. I got picked off on the news. So I knew immediately. I was like, boom, I'm hit. I'm like, boom, there's news, and then it's breaking. So it was a good, bad, it was a bad, good thing. It was bad because I lost some money on AstraZeneca, but it was good because it made me aware of it so quickly that I was actually able to hit like IWM. I was able to hit like, like flat, like spy I was hitting flat. Like people hadn't, were sleeping at the wheel. And then over the course of the next 10 minutes, the market tanks, but it was slow. The algos were sleeping on that one. So that's where I made all my money back was that. So I lost on AstraZeneca itself. But I made because I started hitting all the reopening stocks. And then last night, we started thinking, okay, after about 20 minutes of tanking everything, they start separating them. And they start going right back into reopening versus stay at home. And they started buying Peloton. And they started buying Teladoc. And they started buying Zoom Video. They started buying Amazon. They started buying Microsoft. They started buying the gamers. They started to separate it all, which that trade has continued here this morning. Last night, Peloton was trading down a buck. Because they hit it down because they were hitting everything. It's now up four. 
I bought it down a buck, obviously, you know, me, scalper blood, I'm already out of it. So I, you know, take the first bite off the bone and then leave the meat for somebody else. But that's another story. But you can just see like all those trades are made just because of one headline from AstraZeneca. So if you can understand how those headlines affect it, don't kid yourself. There's people out there, you know, Josh Brown said it lots of times. Nobody can make money trading headlines. I make money trading headlines. You can do it. You're Benzinga Pro. You can do it right off of the pro. So don't be scared to spend a little bit of money on news to, you know, to help your trading along. Did you, uh, did you hedge that one out on AstraZeneca or did you just? No, there's nothing to hedge on AstraZeneca. That's the right. new stock. You get the hell out. Right. So right. it's news. But then, so then the dust starts settling. And I've sold out of my, I had my, take, took my last AstraZeneca. And then I'm looking, they keep slamming it. And I'm like, they slamming this thing down to 50 bucks? I'm like, it was down at 50.75. I'm like, that's too low. I'm like, one, this is not Novavax. This is not Moderna you know, which are basically one trick ponies going to be reliant on the vaccine. This is one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world. The, the drug, if they do get it approved, is going to be a drop in the bucket for them in the first place. And you're going to knock 9% off the market cap for this. And it's not even open in Europe right now. Like there's no way the Europeans are knocking down AstraZeneca 9%. So I turned around and bought the stock back that I had sold and, and lost on. And, I then, and then it's kept going down. So I bought some more at 50-50. I bought some more at 50-30. And then it's going to 50. I was like, Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> it keeps going down. And you can see it last night. And then look where it opens up at 4 a.m. $54. Why? Because the Europeans are like, we're not knocking our pharmaceutical stock down, our biggest pharmaceutical stock down 10% because they stopped the trial for one person. That's just silliness. So now, you know, it's down a buck and that seems about right. But people who are selling this at $50 last night, this is a big, there's a big difference between AstraZeneca and Novavax. There's a big difference between AstraZeneca and Moderna. There's a big difference between Pfizer and Moderna. They have a lot of drugs. Moderna, Novavax don't. So that is the big difference. They are very dependent, Novavax and Moderna, on their, on their COVID vaccine, where AstraZeneca, this is not a big money maker for them, even if they get it approved. It will, it'll, they'll make some money on it, but they're fine. They're, if it doesn't get approved and they don't get a vaccine, they're fine. They have a lot of other drugs doing a lot of other good for a lot of other diseases in the world. And you must have been thinking about uh, thinking about this because it popped initially to fifty two fifty, and then when you went uh, wiki wink there, it it, uh, it was back down near fifty and a half. So you had a little bit of uh, a little I took something. some heat the second yeah. time. I got smacked on it on that initial ugly purple candle. You see that horrible purple candle that Joel's showing on the top left? That's me buying near the upper of it and selling like in. <laughs> Not at the bottom of it, but you know, definitely not in the, not even in the middle of it. I got hit pretty hard. I got out in the next purple ugly candle. So in this whole fifty-two, and then you know, I I, I kind of thought my to myself, I was like, I could just hold it, but you know, I cut my losses. Yeah, you can put the little DDD bot. Yeah, do it right there, Joel, on the little thing, and sold <laughs> down here. But then he rebought it all down lower. So I actually think I ended up making money on AstraZeneca overall somehow. So despite getting picked off by the algo that it was a good algo that slammed me on that headline, it went fast, man. It went down fast, real fast. And it's thin after hours AstraZeneca because it's not open over here. It's a European company. There's not much in there, but news to the algos don't go slam it. And news to traders, you know, the tr there's human traders that are selling that thing down eight, 9% saying, Oh, this is terrible news for AstraZeneca. Think about the big picture. You've got drugs companies like Novavax that, yes, Novavax would get slammed 10% for that, maybe even 20%.
for something like that because they're very dependent on it. So you've got to look at, you know, the pipeline. The pipeline's huge with AstraZeneca. It's not going to get slammed like a Novavax or Moderna. That's a lot of run-on sentence and talk. That's okay. We love it. Uh, Let's talk Novavax and Moderna quickly here because there's lots of fallouts from this AstraZeneca news, a lot of fallouts. So you've seen a big pop in Moderna and Novavax. Why? Because there's a race to be first. And AstraZeneca is one of the clear leaders. And now their trial's on halt until they figure out what's happened with this one sick person. They'll get to figure it out and they'll get the trial going again. But it's halted. So that means, hey, oh, we're in a race here. AstraZeneca was the leader. Well, they just had to stop off in the pits to get a tune-up. And you still got Novavax and Moderna going on the track. So this is why NVAX is getting a 5% pop here this morning. This is why Moderna is getting a 4.7% pop this morning. Because you've got those, the, the, obviously, the, the, that, um, the bad news for AstraZeneca is good for Moderna and Novavax. So am I coming in here and buying Novavax and Moderna? No, I hate Novavax. We've talked about this. I've hated it since 150, and everybody yelled at me and said, no, you're wrong. This is going to be a 250 or $300 or $500 stock. It's now 85 close. It's up at 90. I'm going to say it again. All rallies Novavax to be sold. I believe the stock is going under $50. I don't like Novavax. I'm going to stay on the hate train on it. So another gift this morning, in my opinion, just my opinion. All right. And then we're also getting good news out of Pfizer this morning. Pfizer and Biotech saying immunization of non-human primates resulted in strong antiviral effects against the infectious COVID-2 challenge. So definitely good news coming out of Pfizer this morning. Very interesting, Mitch. Um, Obviously, now you have some positive news. So this whole market gets slammed on our leader of our vaccine, you know, has stopped the trial. So the market slammed, gets slammed last night on all that. Started to come back because they realized, like you were saying, it's one person, one illness. They'll probably get the car back on the track, you know, sooner than later. So that's why they probably bought the market back up. And then the tech rally, and it helped to propel the market because tech has been leading the church down. And tech was actually starting to catch a bid last night because, oh, hey, stay at home trades back on. So tech rally helping, obviously, that's the big mover here. If you look QQQ versus IWM, QQQ up significantly. But what has happened now is you get positive Pfizer data, which is helping the reopening trades to a certain extent. It's like, oh, so, you know, AstraZeneca bad data, but Pfizer a little bit of good data, we'll buy the stock. So they're coming here and buying, obviously, a lot of stocks that they were selling uh, last night. So whipsaw markets on headlines, headlines drive markets, headlines you can make money trading headlines. Uh, S&P's inching their way back up to that pre-market high, 33.70. We are trading 33.67 and three quarters. Big old range so far this morning, 75 bucks. That's already bigger than our nine-day average trading range. So we'll see. We'll see if this rally can continue. Uh, Pfizer had that legend 38, lost that uh, in August, and then had a couple bad days, but... This whole stodgy stock, institutional traders be out there looking to pick up some stock. They said, hey, let's take a look at 36 bucks. They had a couple days to pick it up there, whether covering is short. Now you get a little pop. Pre-market high is 36.70. Uh, historically, it really hasn't held, you know, big gains on this. And we'll kind of tease you for a while. Still probably end up uh, green on the session. 
But you are opening into uh, a pair of highs here still from the last two sessions, folks. Let's just call it 36.62. We did exceed that going to 36.70. I see a pair of highs in that same area. You took it home overnight, closed at 35.93. That's a pretty big move in Pfizer. And then Pfizer's working on BNTX with this, correct? Uh, yeah. And yep. again, you're going to see an outsized move in BNTX because Pfizer, one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world, BNTX not. So obviously, COVID vaccine means a lot more to BNTX than it does to Pfizer. And that's why you're seeing 6% move in BNTX versus the smaller 1.3% move in Pfizer. Nope, that's very important there. All right, so, let's go ahead and let's get into Lulu's earnings here. All right, so Lulu... Uh, came out with earnings and they actually dropped in after hours Tuesday as they cautiously optimistic with regards to the holiday season and expect co uh, third quarter profit to plunge as much as 20%. What were the earnings there? I'll just give us the numbers here too. If you go further back in the pro, you'll see the headline numbers from last night, which was a beat, but yeah. obviously expectations hitting the stock here on that. All right. So revenues in quarter two rose 2% 2 to 902 million year over year, surpassing the expectations of 857 million. Mm -hmm. And then we also got an adjusted EPS that plunged 23% to 74 cents, beating the street estimate of 56 cents. So again, and I've got a little egg on my face, but I've got some good stuff here too. So last <laughs> night I thought Lulu and work both beat. I thought, I thought they both pop on the earnings. They did not pop work at all. We'll get to that in a second. So I was dead wrong on that one. Lululemon, they did pop on the initial number up to three. I think I got almost 370. It got yeah, that's a high. Did you get the high? No, I tried to short it too, but it went so fast, Joel. I actually tried to get out there 365 and then 362 and then there's no bids and then they start slamming it down. So you had to really be out there to get it. I'm always kind of spooked. I never like to be out there before the number because what if it is really awesome? They blow it away and I'm sell short 370 goes to 400. So I like to like see the number, let the initial spike happen. And then if I see it stall out, try to get, you know, maybe some laggard that's throwing a bid too high. That's kind of how a safer way to play it. But um, I said on the show last night, if you were listening to uh, the pre-market prep at the close I was on, and I thought Lulu was going to get the pop. And I said, I, I'm going to be trying to short it into the pop. I tried that and obviously missed it. But then I also said last night, which you get to work here in a second, um, that I thought work was going to pop in the initial number. I actually went long work ahead of the number. <laughs> I had to scramble to get the hell out of that one. So uh, we'll uh, get to that in a all, second. First uh, of all, that is from a tactical standpoint, Let's say you took a stock long into the number, and I know you usually like to play the alpha before. You'd be more inclined to put, you know, part of an offer out there, right? Because, you know, if you're trying to actually- Yeah, I could throw a piece. You know yeah, what? No. You want to know no. why? You want to know why you don't do that? Because it depends. I mean, on Lulu, maybe, on AMD, maybe, on a bigger, thicker stock, but- if you're trading a smaller stock, like a mid cap, and you're throwing offers out there, your 100 shares affects the entire market. Believe okay, it, yep. it does. Wow. Because it's so thin after hours. If you have like sometimes stock report and there's like nothing, there's hardly nothing, no bids, no offers. You throw an offer out there, then the algo is like, oh, we got sellers. Oh, we got sellers. Oh, somebody doesn't like it. And that 100 shares can totally impact it. So if the stock's going up, and I throw a sell order out there. I'm actually pushing the stock price potentially down against me. So I like to just stay away. But on a case like Lululemon, 
it's probably if you're a hundred shares, you probably no problems at all. If you're a thousand shares, you can move the market. So you got to be really careful with how big you are um, that you don't actually impact sentiment towards those numbers because, and I think there's institutions that actually, and we've talked about this too, Joel, that, you know, you see an in institutions and it's wishy-washy and you don't know which way it wants to go. I believe there's institutions that maybe they own like 50,000 or a hundred thousand or 200,000 yep. or 500,000 shares. They'll say, I'll bid a thousand shares here because I think the quarter is good. And I obviously want the stock price to go higher. So I'll give it support. I'll throw a thousand share bid out there. And if I buy a thousand shares of it, it ain't going to make any difference. My cost base, I got 500,000 shares. So I do believe there is institutional traders that actually do that, trying to push the price in their direction. Uh, just a quick update. Uh, Pre-COVID, I did buy a pair of uh, pants at Lululemon and I was going to return them. Uh, but since it's and they haven't gone to the store, I don't even know where they're Can't at. Can't return so, them online. I, uh, yeah, whatever. At least it said just keep them. So I, I kept them. I don't know. Haven't wore pants yet since uh, since the. Uh, Are you not wearing time. pants right now? I'm wearing shorts, Dennis. I knew you were going to say that. I'm sticking with summertime here, even though it's 55 degrees. You got to be fully <laughs> dressed. This we're suits here. Remember Portnoy called oh, yeah. the suits on Twitter. So we're the suits. See, Mitch is wearing his suit. Yeah. I'm wearing my suit. Joel's always got a collared shirt on, so Joel has yeah, a suit over I'm there. Like but the, uh, yeah, Portnoy, just... did you? Yeah, we, did we talk about that ever on Twitter? Portnoy was something with Benzinga or whatever, and he called Benzinga suits. Uh, like, I think we're kind of the opposite of suits, but we we took it as a compliment. We like that, you know. He thinks we're like we're big time. We're suits. We're, we're suits. Yeah, yeah, we like that. We're the suits. We've talked about that. uh, We have talked about that once or twice before. Uh, Moving on to the technicals here um, in Lulu. Uh, We are off the low uh, of the pre-market trading. We got down to 324.12. So we're good. 10 bucks above that. Your low could be in here, folks. You know, people that had some puts that want to use, you know, the stock replacement, 330. I mean, it's just if it did get down to that pre market low, I'd be a buyer. Let's see if it, it uh, quote, comes in with anything on the dailies. Yeah, a low at 324.32, another low at 324.01. That's a lot of support there to go with the pre market low. If you're super bearish, then maybe hold out for 319.60. Uh, the end of uh, that's July, July 31st low, but. I don't know. Just kind of feels like it caught a little bit of a bid here. Longer term, let's see if we could take back half of this move, 50% retracement. Uh, you can figure that on your own calculator. What's going to uh, matter is this overall market, market, too. Like, we've got a snapback bounce rally, and we haven't even talked about the action from yesterday. And obviously, we were trying. Tech tried a little bit. It was trying to hold. Like, we talked even Apple would did not make a new low yesterday, which was a good sign. Tesla yeah, obviously cratered and burned. Um, you know, and, and, and we're getting this bounce in tech. So we're getting this snapback rally where everybody's like, okay, here we go again. The question is, there is so much overhead supply now in a stock like Tesla. There's a lot of overhead supply in a stock like Apple. What does that mean? Short-term traders that thought stocks go up forever are caught long. So have we shooken them out? Was yesterday the complete shakeout? I mean, it's a hell of a sell-off, 170 points in five days for Tesla. It's, it, it's a significant sell-off. Have we shaken them all out? We don't know yet. You know, maybe there's some people that are still holding. I know Portnoy is still holding. You know, he was even tweeting out uh, two days ago. He's like, hold. You know, he had a whole video there. Hold. And, um, 
you know, it's funny. I, I love Dave Portnoy. He's funny, but, <laughs> but you know, he's a newer trader. So he's learning too. And he's going through and he's always been one that says stocks always come back. He's got a whole following that believes stocks always come back. That following is caught long right now in a lot of stocks. Are they going to, you know, let give them an out? They might. Maybe they do come back. Maybe we do roar back to the highs in a week or two. But I don't think it's going to be that easy. So I'm more apt to sell the pops here right now as opposed to buy the dips until proven innocent. So I'm going to say this market right now is guilty until proven innocent. Again, if you're sticking to your long-term account, not Tesla. I don't like Tesla in evaluation. But if you're finding companies, like I said, I bought some Rocket yesterday in the long-term portfolio again. I added to it. You keep buying that. I know I bought it. I've bought it three times. Um, QQQ. <laughs> I actually added the. Uh, I actually it's actually the Canadian equivalent that tracks it, but I added that to my or, to my retirement account yesterday as well, just because we've got a significant sell off here, and you know I haven't added some Qs in a while, and I want a little bit more tech exposure, so I add a little bit. I mean we're ten percent off the highs in like three days. It's you know if you don't have you can add a little bit, but don't go all in saying oh we're going to bounce back here and have if you're going long long term. Trading is difficult. If you're trying to just catch these things as trades, you're trying to catch a falling knife yet. I would use yesterday's lows as maybe, you know, we, maybe we roll over here again. It's very possible we could turn around and roll over. If we do, I'd use yesterday's lows as my stop outs if I'm buying anything. Uh, uh, what, one other thing to keep in mind here also with like the Tesla and the Apple, especially more of the Tesla, uh, intermediate traders, you know, swing traders that, are you know going to build a decent sized position and they're not looking for tesla to go back to 500 they're getting in let's say they want a 350 average they're willing to take you know 20 points worth of heat they're going to try and get 40 points out of it there might not even be a daily number at, at 390 but that's out that's their exit they don't care they're not you know their cost basis is low because they waited to buy it so that's another thing about uh, overhead supply to keep in mind uh in about uh, a little over 10 minutes here 13 minutes we're going to have frank holmes from uh, u.s global investors uh talk to us about the jets etf j-e-t-s jets 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 and about the gold market but we have some more more earnings to cover yeah mitch can you give us the we didn't actually get the work numbers let's let's go to work and let's break it down a little bit here because we have a lot of traders who are in this trade Yes, work has definitely been uh, one of the most watched stocks since it IPO'd. Um, you know, Slack re- reported quarter two sales beat, paid customer growth up actually 30%. That's one of the most focused and important drivers of the business. Uh, their quarterly sales of two, uh, 215 not- 215 million on Tuesday. They beat the consensus of 209 million, uh, 48% increase year over year. And they also got an adjusted earnings at a loss of six cents to five cents per share and a sales of 222 million to 225 million. It's a big move. Um, in the wrong direction if you're long. Obviously, you know, some of our traders have been playing this from the line side. I know the RAS is still long at two. I actually thought that they were going to beat. I thought the numbers were going to be good. And I thought it would get an initial pop and I would sell into that initial pop. It didn't happen. I bought it long. It, it traded down about 75 cents ahead of the numbers. So at like four o'clock, it, like 401, 402, they started slamming it ahead of the number. And I bought some, I think around 2850. And I was like hoping, okay, let's see a good number. Let's see a pop up over 30, 31. And I was going to jump in here and try to make a couple of bucks. 
anyways, the number was okay. The numbers were okay, but they slammed it. They were like expecting zoom like numbers and they did not get it. And I started scrambling. I was like, okay, I got the hell out of this, you know, and, and when, when, why do you got to get out? Because you're losing money. I'm like, this isn't coming back. They're hitting it straight down. There's no pop here to be had. And I think I ended up losing about a buck and a half on it. I sold, I maybe even more. I sold, I bought it like 28 and a half. I think I sold at 27. So, and again, when you're trading this stuff, don't go all in. You know, I went on a smaller size position because I know it's going to be an outsized move. So, you know, you got to have your risk, you know, reward. Don't think you're only going to risk 25, 50 cents here. You're coming into work ahead of a number. You're risking a couple bucks. So you got to price yourself in for at least a 10% move. They kept slamming it. It was good out on my part. I can't remember the exact price I sold it. Like I said, I think I lost, I might've even lost two points on it. I lost quite a bit. And then it went down 27, 26, 25. It's found a home in the 24 area. You got major overhead supply issues here now. You've got a stock that did not perform Zoom-like numbers in an environment that you everybody thought it would. So now sentiment towards this thing has completely turned. Valuation is still nuts, so you don't have that going for you either. So it's a tough, it's a tough gig. This is not coming back anytime soon. Yeah, tough, uh, tough after hours in pre-market chart too. Uh, you went down to. 2327 uh but there's someone just patient here uh they don't want to pay much over 24 uh between that pre-market low 2337 and 24 i think it will thicken up it thickened up with bids last night you're not even getting under 24 today so i think if you're looking if you're looking to, for more of this on the short side you want to hope that there's just some big sell stops on the open they flush this down i think anything within 15 20 cents of the pre-market low uh for you know potential to cover sh uh, a short not sure what your targets are i mean this is just hard because you had all the support building up <clears throat> at 27 and a half that's going to be a major resistance level when we get back up there. And uh, your rebound high so far has been 24.92. So let's call it 25 resistance on the upside. Uh, what do you think, though, overall? Like, let's take all the technicals out of the picture. I mean, there is a lot of people caught long in this thing. And you got to go out to the monthlies here and you just see a world of pain. You think this can make a new all-time low? It could. It could. I mean, I've never been bullish. I believe 1953 is the all-time low on work. It definitely can. I mean, yep. not not today. I, I, not not today. I think it does. Uh, I'm, you know, and obviously, uh, you know, I thought that uh, they would beat. I thought that they would have the numbers, and they didn't. I think the sentiment completely turned towards this. Uh, I wouldn't want on it. I can take that lunch bet. You're gonna take the lunch bet. We got I'll a lunch take bet the lunch here. Bet. So we're so okay. Well, we got to set up parameters for the lunch bet. All right, let's do here. this. So if we go, the, the, the stock is 24.36 here right now. The all-time low set back in March when they were selling. Oh, no, wait. It's 15, 15.10? This got down to 15.10? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't yeah. see that. So uh, hold the press. I didn't uh -oh, see the uh -oh. $15. Look at it, Mitch getting them to buy. I didn't uh -oh. see the $15. Mitch comes out. Boom, boom, boom. I will go back, though, with you. I think it's doing a backstroke. I, I think it sees $20. Before it sees what's four dollars and forty twenty eight eighty, so it's twenty four forty right now. I think it sees twenty before twenty eight eighty. Are you in? I'm in. I'm in. He's in. He's in. Mitch is taking the bull train. I'm going tell twenty. You. He's going twenty eight eighty. And this is why we have a market, folks. We got Mitch right, coming down. here right now and defending it. Do you, Do you want to know why I I'm in? 
I'll, yeah, I'll I want to know. Give me the bull thesis. Talk me out of my short right now. So the, the real thing that I like, and I'm seeing this from the report, is that 87 paid customers are spending over a million annually. Um, this is up 78% year over year. Who spends a million bucks on Slack? <laughs> These are some big companies out here. So one of the things that's happening there is that I see a, a like they're saying, a standardization of work uh, in their work. They're introducing Slack. And if they're going to continue and this is going to be a standard, then they're just going to continue finding these million dollar paying customers. And I think in the long run, they'll get right back up. Uh, so you think this could be a, a thing for big corp? I mean, we use Slack. How much does Benzinga pay for Slack? I don't know if you know those numbers, Mitch, but we obviously pay a little bit for it there. And I, I don't check it. my Slack enough. Benzinga yells at me all the time for it. You slack it on Mitch Slack. Yeah, yeah, I Slack on the Slack. <laughs> I check it like once a day, and I'm supposed to check it like all the time. So, <laughs> But I mean, other people check it more. It's cool. Uh, the Slack is awesome for networking everybody in the firm together. We use it really well. I mean, Benzing is a technology company, and we use all the new stuff, and we incorporate all the new stuff. And, you know, so we like Slack. I just think the valuation is always nuts, and I think the sentiment towards the stock has turned. But good point on the big customers coming in here and spending big bucks. Get a few more big fish equals a lot more revenue. Uh, I'll even pull out a uh, – You're already target. up four cents in the bat. Target I'll be looking for is for an actual drop today. I think it can get into the 23 area. You think it's going to drop a little bit more? Yeah, so you're, you're looking bit. for a little drop to get in on this. Mm -hmm. You're, you're looking to I'm buy the dip. Buy the dip works. So I'm selling the dip here. So you might actually win this trade because I'm going right <laughs> against my own rule book. I say buy the dip and sell the rep. I'm selling the dip here. So if I go by my textbook page 11, I'm going right against my own textbook here. Mitch is smart. He's listening. And uh, even though I'm up five cents in the trade now, <laughs> we'll see what happens. So we'll, we'll write this one down. We'll see. I've never had a lunch bet with Mitch. So this is going to be a good one. Yeah, Let's this would be uh, an interesting <laughs> delivery out there to Colorado. Uh, if they ever let you back huh. in the, <laughs> they let you back in the United States. So I know. Uh, I don't let any Canadians in the United States. You can fly in. I just can't I cross the border. Yeah, I know. I know. You can, I know. If I got on an airplane, I could fly over and see you. Literally, I'm in Windsor. I'm like a 20-minute drive, so I have to get on the Windsor airport, fly up into the air, and then just drop back down to the sky. Maybe I could parachute in or something. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you do a lot of dangerous things in your training. So I don't I, parachute. No, I wouldn't do <laughs> I, I would Glider planes about top for me. All right, we got about three minutes here before uh, Frank Holmes is due to join us. Uh, we covered uh, earnings. Do we have uh, Do we have anything else on the earnings yeah. front, Mitch? Uh, on the earnings front, uh, I'm not going to touch that. But I had something that was interesting that maybe we can talk about that's quick. Um, sure. Mortgage applications to purchase a home rose three percent last week, and previous week uh, a stunning 40 percent higher year over year over year and this is from a mortgage bankers association so people are buying up houses yeah they are um and like i, I we've talked about i recently sold my house in windsor but it's the market that stuff is just selling and you'll you'll look at the listings and you're like that house is selling for that and then it sells over ass and you're like holy mackerel 
houses are going, you know, we've talked about multiple reasons for it. One, I do believe that, you know, people who are cooped up in a condo, there's some of those people who are like, I'd rather live in a house now. Um, so you have, you have a, you know, a lot of different reasons, you know, people moving from the cities, I believe into the That's suburbs and, you know, that migration into the suburbs are looking for houses. So if you're sitting on your house, you know, 30 miles out of, you know, Chicago or 25 miles out of, you know, Detroit here, you're sitting pretty. Those housing prices are climbing. And you know who else I believe is sitting pretty here too? It still is Rocket Mortgage because of that. So that's why I have been buying RKT on the pullback. I do like the fact that I put in a double bottom yesterday. What does that mean? 2255, 2256, um, two lows right coinciding with each other. So I, I, tra- I did a trade off there and I also you know put some more in my longer term portfolio. So I think Rocket is going to be okay. Again, you know the, the trend is not your friend right now. The trend is broken. But I think eventually when the market turns, I think this one turns around too. How's the Toll Brothers chart looking? Yeah, let's go to the home builders and talk those because that's um, obviously direct beneficiary from more uh, mortgages too. I mean, we've pulled back a little bit on some of the home builders. Maybe this is the pullback to come into. What's Mr. Alcon think? Because um, you can look at Toll, you can look at KB Home, 40 bucks. XHB. We yeah. pulled back. We've had a little pullback here. The home builders are firing on all cylinders. We know they are. Um, I, I don't mind them on a pullback here. This is the kind of stock I would buy on a pullback, Mitch. Yeah. Well, the uh, and it also just an overall sign for the economy is you know the housing market and you know that's where a lot of different things are supported. You know, while lumber prices have been a little bit high for building, but like your home depots and your home furnishing places, there's a lot of segments of the economy, a lot of contractors, a lot of people that are put to work uh, by a strong, uh, strong housing market. I just looked at toll real quick and it looked like uh, 40 bucks. We hit that yesterday. It's good support, but you're a buck 75 away from that. Uh, up a buck is maybe try and pick it up today at unchanged if you get a little bit of a pullback. Uh, what's the other one? Hovanian? We never talk about Hovanian. Uh, that uh, had a bounce yesterday. Uh, same thing. Above 30 here. It looks like you got some room to run. That had a real bad day on, oh, whoa, what was that, Friday? Right, because it's the second trading day of the week. Bad day on Friday when the market got hit. But uh, with rates the way they are, uh, you know, you have to you have to be positive on the housing sector. Uh, we're waiting for Mr. Holmes to dial in here, so uh, let's just uh, let's just keep going, Mitch. Yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll keep going. But I did like how you uh, threw out that trade idea. It's not necessarily only in one stock. You can definitely look for different stocks that are going to have an effect from all these home purchases. Um, like Joel mentioned, Home Depot, uh, Lowell's, stocks like that. Um, I even see in the chat someone mentioning uh, LL, uh, liqu- Lumber Liquidators. Uh, stocks like that are all going to benefit from all these mortgages being bought up. All right, it is time to bring in Frank Holmes. He's the CEO and CIO of U.S. Globers Investors. And uh, we're going to bring Frank here in via the phone. Frank, how you doing on this Wednesday morning? We got to unmute Frank. We have him muted. Did you unmute him as a host, Joel? I don't know uh, if he's, or, or Frank, if you're listening, you got to unmute yourself in the bottom left corner of your Zoom. Oh, he's not on Zoom. He's on the no, phone. No, he's in a phone call. So, uh-oh, and... Joel, Joel, this oh, is on you then. No. Joel doesn't know how to unmute a phone. 
I do. I do. Okay, remember how Mitch, Mitch, will help. Mitch is in the background. Mitch, Mitch has got it. That's why we have Mitch here. So we really yeah. lost him for a second. Yeah, we'll be he's right probably uh, dialing back in here. Okay, so we're going to bring him back on. He's the Jets ETF. Yep. So Jets ETF has taken a little bit of hit this morning. Uh, obviously, we see airlines a little bit weaker with the disappointment from AstraZeneca last night. They have bounced back from the lows because they really got hit last night. American Airlines was down 3% at one time. And now, obviously, Jets and American Airlines have come back significantly. But I believe we have Frank Holmes on here now and a great pick of him as well. Frank. Well, good morning. Yeah. Good morning, Frank. Uh, sorry about the little delay in getting you on. Uh, how you doing on this Wednesday morning? Outstanding, my friend. All right. It's great to have you here. Uh, first, let's just talk about the, uh, the airline, uh, airline industry. Uh, you brought over a nice chart for us. A uh, number of people boarding commercial flights in the U.S. continues to recover. Uh, talk, talk to us about this as I bring it over. Well, I think the big part was we had a breakout on Friday. Uh, we've seen uh, the number of passengers being cleared by TSA, which started coming out this data just March of this year. And it's important to look at the 50-day moving average. So what, what we're seeing is that that breakout, which took place on Friday to a new all-time high, really drives the sentiment uh, of people feeling safer and going and traveling. And I think that that was a big part of the market sold off yesterday, but the airlines were up. So do you expect this, uh, is this a one-off or do you expect this to continue? Oh, no, I think it's going to continue. The airlines are, are now announcing their layoffs and restructuring while more people are flying. There's going to be a sweet spot. And maybe it's going to be when a million, two people are cleared a day to fly. Remember, it was 2.7 million a year ago. So we're not even at the 50% mark of clearing. Uh, we still, just, just domestically, uh, we were cruising along at 2 million people a day. So I think when we get through a million people a day uh, being cleared to fly on airplanes, that the, uh, the, the in confidence enthusiasm. Now, I recently flew on Delta, and it was spick and span clean. Everything at the airport was, was spotless. Uh, they fumigated it like uh, looking for mosquitoes or something, uh, the, the flight. Then they sprayed it. Uh, everyone was spaced between each other. So it was a great experience. All right, so let's talk. Um, can you talk of individual airlines? I know that uh, you know your Jets ETF. Uh, why don't you just talk about the the top components? Well, I, I think the top components are trying to capture the four big airlines who ca who basically carry over sixty five percent of all passengers in America, and that's Southwest Airlines, American, Delta, and United. So 40% of the ETF are in those four big names, the four pillars of this portfolio. Uh, we back-tested this thing five years ago before we launched it for over a decade of up and down cycles. We spent thousands of hours testing our model. So it's, a, it's called a smart beta 2.0, and it's the portfolio construction in, in addition to the factors we use to pick the other stocks. So 40% are these four big airlines. The rest of the holdings are all based off quant metrics and they recalibrate every quarter. And the bogey was to beat the New York Stock Exchange Global Airline Index. And even after fees, we've done that for five years. Let's talk about uh, net inflows and outflows to the Jets ETF, pretty heavily traded. Uh, what have you seen over the last couple months? Well, it's unprecedented, as uh, Eric Bukanis has said, that uh, after the crack in the market in March, 
uh, we had 70 days and a billion dollars of flows come in. Uh, we have, were recipients of the millennials coming in through Robinhood and something like 25,000 of them took a position in Jets before Buffett announces selling. And a week after that, they took off and they surged. The Jets surged over 50%. So there's lots of negative news on these millennials coming in. But I just am amazed by the number when I look at it. They've all made a lot of money. Uh, and, and so if you look back at previous cycles, when the airlines had a big fall, like 9-11, 2003 SARS in Asia, and then we had uh, 2009, uh, six months later from the lows, these airlines were up uh, 80% on average. All right. Let's, uh, let's go back to another chart here. And uh, you sent this over. Travel stocks were among the best performing in August here. Uh, starting at the top, I believe uh, that's Alaska Air Group uh, going down. Uh, Delta, we see some of the other ones. Is this, a, is this a good trend, or do you expect it to continue? I expect it to continue, but the short-term volatility it has to do with two factors. One is just sentiment on a vaccine, and two is the oil prices. So oil had a pop, oil fell. Uh, lower oil prices is always beneficial as a cost to these airlines, but sentiment over vaccine news. If it's negative, the airlines sell off. If it's positive, the airlines surge. All right. That's, uh, I did, you brought up the oil um, into this. What about, what about just related all this Boeing, right? Uh, Boeing is, you know, having more problems here seems like there's a really an oversupply of planes out there do you uh do you agree with that or can your forecast and working with the jets etf uh do you have anything to say about boeing airlines well i think boeing has struggled uh and, and this bad news started four years ago uh and uh and so it's been quite systemic in in the airlines as a manufacturers but I think there's going to be a big push to smaller planes uh, that are more fuel efficient. Uh, rules will change so that smaller planes uh, can fly across the Atlantic. They can do it now, but now will they allow smaller passenger planes, which are much more fuel efficient. So I think you're going to see these big airlines, these big airplanes are basically still on tarmacs. Uh, they're going to be mothballed and you'll see a new evolution uh, of, of uh, more fuel efficient, smaller jets flying all around the world. Uh, and I'll throw you a curveball here. Uh, what about uh, Virgin Galactic and uh, travel to space? I mean, they're going to be pretty small. The, uh, uh, being, you know, following the industry, consumer travel going to be pretty expensive. Uh, any thoughts on SPCE, Virgin Galactic stock we haven't talked about in a long time? It's a great spec, a brilliant uh, leader, uh, and it's just one of those great specs in the industry. But I think it's far, far away uh, on, on being uh, cost effective uh, unless someone has big, big checks to write for a ticket. Um, people are still very price sensitive uh, on, on buying a, an airplane ride. So thinking of uh, $100,000 for a flight ticket, uh, I don't think that that's, I think that's far, far away. Yeah, All right. I, I, I agree with that. Mitch, you wanted to hop in there with something? Yeah, I want to ask a question to Frank, of course. Um, we've been seeing demand slowly come back. Um, about how long do you think it's going to take for us to get back to pre-COVID demand? I think it's going to, we're going to have a run here until probably Thanksgiving time to see. Um, you know, it'll be, it'll be volatile. Let's just recognize that 
but the bigger part is just to be tracking this. And the TSA puts, publishes this report every day now. So all the quant funds are, are, are very aggressive in, in tracking this. Uh, if it makes a new high, what is done, and immediately playing what airlines, which airlines have the most leverage. So we're seeing that uh, in June, American Airlines had the biggest surge in one day. Why? It had the biggest short position. That was the amazing part. And we had, uh, we know that uh, some of these hedge funds were long jets, but short American Airlines. Uh, and the reason for that is because they had the most debt load. Uh, and th so they were vulnerable and the price of oil started to rally. So it did the inverse. Short covering all of a sudden made these stocks take off. So I don't think that that's gone away. I think there's lots of bears out there. Uh, and, uh, and I think that that's, that's what creates the, the, the overall economy is bulls and bears. And uh, right now the bulls are, are five ahead and the bears are, are three, five to three. <laughs> and uh, who knows what inning we're in. Uh, Spencer wanted me to make sure that I asked you about the airlines getting rid of change fees. Uh, do you think that perhaps that's going to be uh, a short-term catalyst, or do you think that that's something that's going to persist um, into the future? And how much of an impact does it have on earnings? I think it's, it's, uh, it's huge, um, but I think it's going to be a run until the first quarter of 2021 when they reassess it. Um, but I think they've got to do everything to make people feel safe to fly again. But what's good for all of us? The, the airline industry, it's cleaner. The airports are substantially safer and cleaner than they've ever been before. Uh, and new technology, uh, we see this with Istanbul, Turkey, uh, as a public airport. And uh, what they've done for their videos to show how clean it is and using ultraviolet scanning for your passport, for your ticket, uh, uh, ticket list uh, is just evolving and everything's going to be electronic. So I, I think it's, it's very positive and constructive overall for the global economy. It's probably a little easier to keep it cleaner, too, with less traffic, right? So that's something that um, to look at it from that perspective. We're on the line with Frank Holmes of U.S. Global Investors. Uh, Frank, I, I know not besides following airlines, uh, you're a gold bug here. And boy, oh, boy, we had that rally. Rip your face rally nearly to 2100 Sell off now. We're just kind of hanging here at uh, 1940, 1950 area. Has the run over in the gold market? Not even close. We're in a secular bull market for, for 19 months now, where the 50 day moving average has been above the 200 day. And we've seen the price of gold fall right down below the 50 to the 200, but never the 50 day go below the 200. This is a beautiful, clear, secular bull market and the big money is going to be made in the gold stocks just like buffett buying barrick uh they have free cash flow and the s p stocks the half of the s p stocks lost their free cash cash flow during the coronavirus crisis but not the gold stocks so they're now ripping and this quarter we're going to see at the end of september is going to be the record free cash flow in the industry there's better leadership in the industry ceos aren't so fast to blow the money on stupid acquisitions uh, you're seeing uh, rising dividends. So I think the gold stocks are a very strategic move. In early August, I wrote a report. I used, I used a quant approach to looking at the volatility of gold. And gold was up two standard deviations over 60 trading days. I said, get ready for a correction. Buy in the pullback. Just buy. This unprecedented G20 uh, finance ministers globally are running a cartel, just like OPEC is. But this is about money printing. 
and the wars against the coronavirus. And so there's just everyone's uh, shoulder by shoulder printing money to try to keep the global economy going. And anytime that happens, real assets rise, like real estate in America is up 10%. Uh, we see it for uh, gold is, is also a precursor to all of a sudden saying that we're going to get higher real assets. Uh, collectibles and art are rising. Uh, it doesn't matter if you cross the border in Canada, uh, some real estate like in Toronto, uh, it was up 17% over a year. We've been on the line with Frank Holmes, CEO and CIO of U.S. Global Investors. And a big shout out to Holly for helping us uh, arrange this interview. Frank, good information as always. Love to see that airline industry making a turn. And uh, we'll check in with you good. We'll check in with you again soon. Thank you very much. Happy investing. Happy investing. Uh, SPs are just hanging up here uh, near the highs of the session, not willing to break through that 3370 yet, but uh, we're only two and a half bucks away from that. We do have the interday high from yesterday. That's uh, the high that took place between 930 and 415. Uh, let's, uh, let's bring Triple D in here for a look and Mitch can take us away on our next topic after that. I mean, we've just been grinding higher here basically since the AstraZeneca fallout last night. We started catching a bit about 7 o'clock last night. We rallied for the last hour of the equity session, and then we pretty much rallied all night in the S&Ps. If you can show that after hours chart, you can see that we've just been grinding, grinding, grinding our way slowly higher. The Pfizer data helps us out this morning because some of the reopening stocks are in the red have turned to the green as well. So you got a nice snapback rally here this morning. Again, we have to remember, it's not as easy as it once was because you're not making new all-time highs. You now have an overhead supply issue. So we're probably running to sellers if we get anywhere near 340 on SPY. I'm not sure we got the gas to get there because that'd be up another 30 handles. But if we were to get there, I would probably be at it. I would probably be selling some stocks and, and potentially putting on some shorts. Um, question is, does this rally peter out before that? What are your thoughts, Joel? Uh, as always, I like to see continuation through the pre-market high. And if we conclude, I think this 34.70 handle is going to be tougher. You have the interday high from yesterday at 34.79. The thing that makes me uh, a little bit uh, cautious on us just bolting the 3,400 or 340 is that we've already really had an extended range, right? We've already had a 75-point range. That's six bigger than the uh, nine-day average. So, mm -hmm. you know, after, you know, a couple rocky days, people picking stuff up, I think they're going to be lightening up. Uh, as I said, we got the rollover. We got different conditions. But, yeah, I, I just I just don't think we're going to blast off. It fairly could blast off the 3,400. But I think you're going to have some problems, uh, even if you break out above that pre-market high. How are you approaching the trading day, Mitch? Um, you know, you obviously like the story stocks. You know, you've been in Workhorse and, you know, you've given us that one. You know, you're obviously following a lot of other stories as well, though. What's on your radar and how are you approaching today's markets? So it's going to be a, a, a lot like even yesterday. I'm going to really watch the overall market to see if we're going to be, tr uh, you know, reversing the trend, getting back into the green. And if we're not, if we're still on this continuous or in the consolidation period, I'm going to be looking for the stocks that stand out. 
Um, like yesterday, uh, you got Nicola making a 40% move. Um, you got Workhorse making an, a 20% move. You just got to kind of find as a, as a day trader, you know, you got to find where the momentum really is. How do you find those stocks, are. Mitch? I just want to interrupt you. How do you find those stocks? So obviously you've given us Workhorse, you've given us some story stocks in the past. Where, where, do you have a watch list? Are you like reading Twitter? Where are you finding, you know, the diamonds in the rough? Okay, so one of the things that I like to use a lot is, is using Benzinga's Pro and then looking at the movers in the morning. And what I like using is relative volume. To me, relative volume is one of the best drivers. You know, stocks have a kind of an average volume that they trade. Um, let's say if it was a Disney, it traded, let's say, a million shares on average. Um, I want to trade these stocks when it's trading 4 million shares, 5 million shares, five times the volume, three times the volume. And that's what I'm really looking for. Because if it has volume, it can really get that momentum. And as a day trader, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to capture a small amount of momentum and take that controlled risk and really be in the stocks that are trending in the right way. You're looking for the action. So you're always filtering, trying to look through the action. So you can go and I don't know if you can show that. Can, can we show Mitch's screen so he can show us actually on the pro to how to find those movers? There's a movers tab and I can bring it up there and then you can look at actually everything that's moving. You can go by five minutes, you can period what's been moving the last five minutes, you can go to 15 minutes, you can do pre-market, you can set that too. And that'll tell you everything that's really moving right in. Here. And this is how Spencer Israel does it too when you know, you're finding what the stocks are moving for today. It's right here in your pro. So, okay, yeah. we are gonna show it. Mitch is gonna show it here right now how he does this. So one of the things that I like using here is that we have an average volume. Um, so it's going to show you here that the volume that it normally trades here, it normally trades this stock about 2.7 million shares. That's what it's trading. Um, we want to see this average volume in the last, because this is here. Let me expand this, this from so yesterday's obviously this. action too. Yeah. So if you go to the pre-market, we'll see what's happened in the pre-market too. So this is yeah. the average volume on three months. Mm -hmm. So what that's going to give you is that's going to give you the change. Where's the momentum? Does this stock have the investors really watching it? And as you can see, the three-month three, three month average here is going to be 12 million. So you're looking for the, some big, big volumes. You want to see it breaking those averages. Yeah. So when you see something trading significantly below its average volume, you're not even interested in it. You're no, moving not into even where interested. the action is. And I mean, that's the thing. I, I'd like trading the action too. And that's where the headlines are. That's where the movement is. That's where, you, you know, obviously the biggest risk, but more return there too. And Mitch is a story trader. So he's looking for obviously those story stocks probably within these volumes as well. But, you know, you can apply these filters. You can look at it. Um, you know, we've got it right now set up to, I believe it's last night's or, or this is yesterday's action, but you can change that. You can go to pre-market, you can filter the after hours and you can find what's moving in the morning as well. Yep. And what I do is every single morning, I want to turn this on and just find what's moving. And then I start working through different things like the technicals and the fundamentals in that stock. You get all your, put all your ducks in a row. Um, I'm kind of the same way. I try to find, show me the action, then show me a setup and that's when I'll swing the bat. So I try exactly. not to swing. I not, I try not to swing at those uh, curve balls and the sliders and the wild pitches and I was never very good at baseball <laughs> to begin with. I, uh, I'm the opposite of Joel. Left. I'm not an athlete. <laughs> uh, uh, we only got about three minutes left here. Uh, we got uh, any analyst action here to discuss? 
Yeah, I got a, a really nice one here. I know you're going to be happy about this one, uh, Joel. I don't know how, how much uh, riding you've been doing lately, but Peloton, both Cohen and Goldman Sachs, raising their price targets on the exercise equipment maker to a street high of $110. They so both went 110 They both they went both 110 Look man. at that. It's reading each other's notes. Somebody was yep. cheating. Anyways, so – Peloton, I tweeted yesterday the road to 100. You have two days ago, you had the washout yep. low, 72.11. We did not even try it. We opened at the low yesterday and rallied all day. Again, it got positive ink in Barron's, and that always helps. Um, they were saying, comparing it to Zoom, and they were saying it's going to have a Zoom-like beat. What you are seeing happen in Peloton right now is simply the pre-earnings run as well. Um, this is due to report. What day is it? That's due to report here. I'm getting the days of the week confused, too, because it feels I like Tuesday, it's but it's really Wednesday. So, because right. we had the day I off, so. I keep thinking it's Tuesday today, but it's really Wednesday. So, it's due to report tomorrow night. So, you have today's trading and tomorrow's trading. I think you get again the pre earnings run. I would not be surprised if this gets to the mid 90s. But again, overall market is going to affect this as well. Market starts to roll over. Peloton will roll over as well, getting a couple of analysts, getting bullish on it there. Um, I do believe Peloton is going to blow the numbers away as well. The question is, can they blow it away to the tune of Zoom? And do they actually rip it on it? Or do they say that was already priced in and pull the rego from under it? That's to be determined. But, um, you know, the positive alpha from extracting is, is, can be extracted from a stock trading at pre-earnings. And we know I like to be long those stocks pre-earnings. I was buying Peloton on the dip last night. Again, already sold here. So um, I can freely talk about it. And again, I always leave most of the meat on the bone for everybody else. Because <laughs> I sell too soon. I'm long and I want to you, sell. You're so long now. and holding strong? I, I, I want to, yeah. No, but you want to sell. The CIO, chief investment officer, said, no, we're not selling it. You're so, not allowed uh, to sell anything. Lisa no. doesn't sell anything. <laughs> we're speaking of Joel's wife, Lisa, who controls the, the, the portfolio. Because you know what? I should have Laura start controlling mine, too, because then we'd hold stuff longer, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, besides back on March 24th when she wanted to liquidate the whole portfolio. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> she, she came down. I'll tell that story again. I guess it wasn't March 24th. That's like right at the bottom. Yeah, so I call it the Laura Dick Bottom, where she <laughs> came to, and she was ready. She's like, I am done with stocks. We need to sell every stock. They're all going to zero. It was the Ackman interview that did her in. She, I showed her the Ackman interview, and Ackman, obviously, we, they call it the Ackman Bottom, and he was on and obviously talking about, you know, companies, you know, going and folding up shop. Um, he did get towards bullish towards the end of that interview, but it was a very scary interview. And everybody calls it the Ackman bottom. And then obviously, you know, we've yes. turned around since then. Ackman made a lot of money on it. So, but he was talking, you know, very bearish there at the beginning of that interview. <laughs> it was right around March 23rd or, or right near the bottom. And my wife came uh, downstairs to the trade cave and said, you know, this is it. I'm like, we've saw the markets fall 30% here in the last three weeks. This COVID's the zombie apocalypse happening here. We need to get out of everything. You know? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'm not going to do that because I think we're actually getting close to the bottom. And just because the fear gauge here is off the charts for my wife, I'm like, we actually might be close to the bottom. So, so we held on and it worked out. Nine o'clock, we got to wrap up. Oh, yeah, Joel's got, Joel's got stuff to do. So Joel's and our content fast. contained in this program is for informational purposes. Investing in stocks, options, and futures is risky and not suitable for all investors. Please consult your own independent financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Mitch and I will be back at 3.40 with uh, At The Close Show. See if this rally can continue. Thanks.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.